Robin Williams teaches poetry, Austin Powers shagged a spy, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers released their 19th consecutive song about California this week on 30-20-10. Welcome to 30-20-10, everyone, of the Laser Time Network's venture back in time 30 20 and 10 years ago to see what came out this week uh in all three decades movies tv music video games and more this week we're looking at june 7th to the 13th to see uh what we were doing uh if you were a little nerd back <laughs> 30 20 and 10 years ago that would be 1989 1999 and 2009 i'm one of your host chris antista mojo thief diana goodman it's me sarah and uh ooh, a little bit of cleanup we totally forgot Deep Space Nine last week and I don't know I thought I guess it's because we talked about Star Trek right before that in the movies because of stupid free enterprise uh, I just yep. did, I just had, and none we had of us so saw much it. TV and we teased it and everything and then yeah. we fucking forgot yeah I mean Oops. not that like I was concerned of concerned with not giving it its due because every Star Trek fan I talk to uh, yeah. says it is their favorite yeah and yes. It, like real Star Trek fans, mm-hmm. including Brett Elson, who I, I talked to a little about it. It was uh, What We Leave Behind, I believe, or What You Leave Behind. I forget because mm-hmm. there's a documentary out right now about Deep Space Nine called What You Leave Behind? What We Left Behind? In a reference to right. the last mm-hmm. episode of Deep Space Nine. But uh, as far as I can wrap my head around it, every Star Trek kind of needs to figure out a way to make itself special. And it sort of took Deep Space Nine a while, but from what I understand, it's essentially a truck depot in the middle of an ongoing war. So it's yeah. not it's not about an adventurous ship looking mm-hmm. for planets when that no man has seen before. It is uh, something a little different, kind of like a little Casablanca in space. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I heard Casablanca or Dodge City. You know, reading up on the the creation of it, they did well. Uh, Star Trek: Next Generation is still going, so it seems kind of silly to have like here's another starship also doing the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. City of like no, we'll have all the characters in one place and obviously people can come in and out because it's like Dodge City or something, mm-hmm. but we'll spend more time on character development, character conflict, which I just didn't even think like you're right, Star Trek never has real serious character conflict. Yeah, Everyone when, gets along, that's when, kind of part of the point. And when they do, they're like brainwashed by an alien parasite yeah. or something like that. But Take no, this over, this right. was all about character conflict in uh people who didn't get along which isn't very star trek and uh but it also makes it incredibly unique next to all the other ones yeah. so like I, I i didn't hear anyone saying they loved it at the time but like when the dust settles this is still most star trek fans favorite show yeah i've definitely heard it's the best show by a lot because it's also it got ahead of the curve with serialized television that mm-hmm. eventually it just became a straight up serialized show mm-hmm. which is rough when you're in syndication and you never know what episode's going to be on? You got to right. watch these in order. They are telling a story, right? I think at, at the time, like, oh, there's no there, every episode of the original series is pretty self-contained with some some yeah. nods to other episodes. Next Gen had a couple two parters, yeah. maybe a three parter mm-hmm. here and there, but this is like, no, if you miss this episode, you missed out of a, a big chunk of uh, and, and that's why I think when it came to Netflix, people totally were able to rediscover it in the order it was supposed mm-hmm. to be shown in because mm-hmm. that was a huge mm-hmm. deal. Like three years into Netflix streaming, they got all the Star Treks. Uh, so you hear a t- and so like that documentary. If you haven't seen the trailer, it looks beautiful because it's a series that didn't really get celebrated that much when it was on the air. Mm-hmm. And after the fact, mm-hmm. everybody loves it. Uh, oh, just a beautiful yep. story. And it's one of those things that like it is totally on my list to get to. I Same. don't know when that's going to happen. Doing a show like this and getting to yep. 
500 hours of television yeah. from 1999. I know, so I was, yeah, it's like a hundred something. It's like 160 episodes over seven seasons. Like that's a lot. So maybe I'm going to do it like a season at a time, you yeah. know, just like binge a season and then go do something else and binge a season. Cause I like, I have so much research I have to do for this show. I'm going to do the responsible but thing. and I'm going to watch it while I've I drive. <laughs> cool. That's a good yeah, idea. I, I've been sold, especially just reading that. Like there's episodes where they question the idea of the Federation itself. And mm-hmm. it's like, why are we always assuming the Federation is good and right? Aren't they fucking with people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yes. seems like just yes, by just All by existing, you violate the prime directive on accident just by mm-hmm. nature of existence, mm-hmm. motherfuckers. Uh, ooh, did I break the swear barrier this early in the show? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, welcome. Welcome to 1989. I know Star Trek in 1999 makes that confusing. True. So many reasons, but yes, this- and we're about to talk about Star Trek again in a few minutes. So we're mm-hmm. we're going we're going from best of to worst of in this episode on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Just and, warning you, people. Okay, warning and, you. and uh, yeah, going to be fan dancing. So let's go back in time. Star Trek flashback. I don't know what that sounds like. Mm. Uh, June seventh to the thirteenth in nineteen eighty nine. Damn, there, well, that's, there is another Star Trek movie, goddammit. Uh, yep. I forgot about that. I didn't know what you were talking about. Because I would have thought the biggest movie of the week would be the one we have listed at the top. Because it's the Same. it's the only one people still reflect fondly upon of the, the, the trio. Montages all have, the time. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought it would be the second one because it is a continuation of an incredibly lucrative series. Mm-hmm. And yet, yes. it's not going to be the number one. Let's talk about... Uh, yeah, the longest lasting of the bunch, shall we? Shall we, yeah. yes. Josh Charles, Ethan Hawke, uh, Robert Sean Leonard, and Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. Touchstone Pictures presents Robin Williams as John Keating, teacher. Well, is this a dagger I see before me? Philosopher. I like Byron. I give him a 42, but I can't dance to him. Orator. Friends, Romans. And scholar. No. Thanks for playing anyway. Robin Williams. Seize the day. He was the inspiration that made their lives extraordinary. Dead Poet Society. Rated PG. Start. Oof. Uh, I, I feel like that's a little bit of mismarketing. They took like one scene yeah. and they're like, this is what the movie's about. Right. No, that's yeah. just that's like no, a one scene. Look like, yeah, it's it's Robin Williams riffing the movie. Like it's Patch sure. Adams in a boarding I was school. Literally about to say, teacher Patch Adams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, right. And then it's so fun because I only found two like commercial commercials. There was this and one from Australia, which, you know, shout out director Peter Weir, an Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just all these big haired Aussie, very pale Aussie folks like in tears. <laughs> Leaving like, the theater. <laughs> it was the most moving film I've ever seen. And well, that was the best movie I've seen in a long time. It's like it really doesn't feel like they're talking about the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you have fond memories of this film by I do. Okay, good. I do too. I do. I mean, yes. Is is it kind of is it sappy? Yeah. It's, it's sappy. It's and- a lot less sappy than other versions of this kind of story. Yes, though. it's mm-hmm. a, it's sappy and formulaic. But I don't know that this was formulaic in 1989 because mm-hmm. I didn't see this yeah. until after Robin Williams died. Oh wow! Oh wow! Like, yes, yeah. I did not. I I think I'd seen. Bits and pieces so of it, but not all together. Too late for you to be inspired by literally anything. That's, well, that's not. I'd already, well, had, already had at that dead. time. I already had an English degree, and yeah, uh, I your was soul watching. Was dead. Yeah, I was addicted to old dog, so I didn't have any use for dead poets. No, sure. I, I. But I did look at it as a movie that I feel like he would. I feel like he would have been really proud of, just because, yeah. like you mm-hmm. know, he he was a classic. He went to Juilliard for acting, and like this is he gets to do some funny stuff and some serious acting. I think sure. that's what he probably enjoyed most when. 
people didn't hate it. And they definitely didn't hate Dead Poets Society. Well, this commercial also makes it look like it's the genie at a boarding school. <laughs> you never had a teacher like me. <laughs> doing voices. Yeah. I mean, it's I was planning on coming, going back and revisiting it. And mm. then I just, time got away from me and I didn't. I was a little bit afraid maybe I should just leave it preserved in my memories and mm-hmm. a little bit afraid mm-hmm. that I'd be a little eye rolly at it. At this I, I point. was bummed that I watched it at a point where it did have a little bit of that for me, yeah. but it, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was because P- Peter Weir's got a pretty good batting average. Mm-hmm. That guy makes oh, nothing but great, great movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's, it's never as shitty as you think it's going to be and never really delves into like the real serious cliches and mm-hmm. the, and just like all the young actors would go on to be people we'd see in shit yeah. forever. Huge stars. Yeah. So like it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, I can say it's it good. is good. It's definitely good. Yeah. I just feel like that's one of those things we lost in the modern era. Movies about boarding schools. <laughs> I love boarding school talk. Like, uh, yeah. What about Harry Potter? Yeah. All right. All right. My bad. I mean, it's only the, been over for almost 10 years. The wizard thing kind of overshadows it. But yeah, I mean, for the most part. But yeah. I, the um, best one that we all know is Toy Soldiers. Where sure. terrorists take over a boarding school and the sure. kids fight back. It's great. I love that one. And Will Wheaton dies. You'll love it, yeah. well, PNG you fans. <laughs> but, Second yeah. pressure. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because when a, a movie is telling you, you know, seize the day, live for yourself, mm-hmm. fuck conformity, it's like it, those those are such simple, basic phrases. Like, yeah, embrace yourself, follow mm-hmm. your bliss. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess some of that it helps that this movie takes place in the 50s, so mm-hmm. it's really underlining the conformity, but... When a bunch of white people in uniforms still... had to be reminded, right. hey, maybe be yeah. a little different. Get a weird haircut. Yeah, do something crazy. Dude. Yeah. Well, there is... At the same time, like, I feel like this, you know, it's still like, there's a there's a time in your life where you should probably be shown this movie. Yeah. Just oh, for to sure. remind you, get out of your own ass and go do something. So you, you don't think it's, it's, it's just effective on young men? No, okay. oh, no, it was effective no, on me. Okay. Yeah. Um, Even though I think there's like one speaking one. <laughs> yeah. It definitely doesn't pass, pass the vegetal test. You can't throw but a I vagina in the middle of a boarding school. It'll make everyone nuts. The um, There was a subplot, though, that one of the students was gay, right? And there was like remember. a potential suicide. Mm-hmm. He Or did he kill himself? I don't know. You might be thinking of Biloxi there, Blues. <laughs> mm, there, there is a killing. Yes. Themselves a suicide, yes. Mm. But I don't know if, you know, it's... I kind of want to go back and rewatch it with that lens. I don't remember there being anyone closeted. But, hmm. And I also remember when Robin Williams died, uh, I think the the biggest one would be Jimmy Fallon. Like he mm-hmm. said goodbye by standing on his Tonight Show desk and saying, oh, Captain, mm. my Captain. So It's a very yeah. Jimmy Fallon way to do it. I thought it was sweet. And it's 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 like, it, yeah. the, like it, it, that was his way. He wanted to remember Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. I would have thrown out a bunch of Aladdin shit and been weird about yeah, it. Yeah, you would have and, walked around in blue face. <laughs> yeah, uh, blue face for a week. <laughs> yeah. A uh, little blue armband. Uh, I'm doing that right now just because I really don't want like the way that new Aladdin looks. Anyway, anyway. Uh, speak- yeah, but worth watching. If you haven't seen it, would you say it's worth watching? I feel yeah, like totally. it's worth watching. As sad as I was when uh, Robin Williams died, I, I revisited a ton of his stuff. And that dude mm-hmm. made a ton of bad movies. <laughs> and yes, the ones I was most surprised by were uh, Fisher King and this. I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. those were very good uses of his stable of talents. Sure, and, absolutely. Uh, and I, so I do recommend that if you, if, when we ever... Man, we're going to have to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Robin Williams' death. The worst celebrity death of all time. Mm-hmm. If, <sighs> it, it, tied with maybe Anton Yelchin, just of how little he deserved it and mm-hmm. how awful it was. Uh, yeah. but, sorry, we were lamenting that last night. Yeah. There was someone who like you could you could like snap back only one person like 
that dude was in a bunch of cool movies, and that sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking so unfair. of movies I have not seen, but I know Diana's can uh, elaborate yeah. on this quite a bit. Yeah. Benicio Del Toro, Wayne Newton. <laughs> okay. Yep. Anthony Zerby, Talisha Soto, Robert Davi, uh, Carrie Lowell, and Timothy Dalton in License to Kill. James Bond. He's used to getting what he wants. But this time, he wants revenge. His bad side is a dangerous place to be. Timothy Dalton is James Bond in License to Kill. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. I, I like as many movies as I've seen, as much nerd shit as I've, I've endured, I, my dad did not do his responsibility and never showed me any of these movies. Same here. I had to try and watch them on my own, like, uh, I think when like Quantum of Solace came out. Yep. Uh, Same here. So the first one I saw was fucking Tomorrow Never Dies. Not a good way Aww. to start. Um, Not a great way to start. Mm-hmm. And, but, but like, Diana, okay. you're a huge Timothy Dalton fan. I am a big Timothy Dalton fan, and I'm a big James Bond fan. And oddly, he is not my favorite James Bond, even by a long shot. Hmm. But this, I mean, this is our second and last of the Timothy Dalton Bonds. Um, after the Living Daylights? Then, after the Living Daylights. And then we don't get another one for six years, which wow. is, I think, the longest gap. It used to be every year, every other year. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. They're always coming out. Um, Except now, where it feels like I forget it exists, and then every too. four years they come out with something. Well, yeah, it's, Mission it's Impossible slower is. and slower now. But um, <laughs> I like I feel bad for Timothy Dalton. Like I don't think he's miscast as Bond, but he always they really wanted to go back to like, oh, it's back to like the rough, gruff, and tumble and mad and err. He takes it really seriously, and it's like he takes it way too. Seriously. Yeah, like just watching yeah. watching that trailer, his hair is disheveled and he's sweaty and he looks right. desperate, and it's a, it's something you're not used to at least because i've seen uh I, I grew up in the brosnan era and like, like that dude mm. like his hair is never Spa. must and it's ridiculous they are ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so this one um it's i mean now with the the daniel craig one is like every single one of them is about him going off the reservation and not yeah. just doing a job and taking something personally this is kind of one of the first ones where um his buddy gets killed I think it's, yeah, Felix Leiter, who's been a running character. Uh, he gets killed and fed to a shark. And uh, Timothy Dalton gets super mad at the drug dealers what did it, including Benicio Del Toro, who's like 19. <laughs> wow. wow. He's a baby. And um, goes try to get some fucking revenge, girl. And it's not that bondy until the end. Like, the second half is a lot better than the first half. Once it starts to be about this uh, kind of cult that is actually a front for drug smuggling and then there's a fight with a truck that all is like really good like the whole end mm. of the movie is really good but a lot of it's like eh, no. I, just, I was just wondering if like not on like deep space nine whether these were worthy of being reevaluated because they they sort of stick out but like the way people talk about her majesty's secret service like it's really good and mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. should we should it's so unappreciated and super long and different and i was hoping yeah. dalton's movies would get that because other than 
Lazenby yeah. is the second least long-running Bond, right? It definitely yeah. looks uh, different mm-hmm. to me than how I imagine the Bond films. And I, like you, mm-hmm. did not have a Bond dad. Mm-hmm. So like he did not... <laughs> didn't do his he job. He didn't care, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first time I saw a Bond movie was in the new era with um, oh. Daniel Craig. Danny Craig. And then from what I've seen from older ones, this one looks so much more sweatier and it clo- looks very 70s. closer. Yeah. Everyone's really close yeah. to each other. And I don't know. It just looks much smaller. Mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's rough because I think it's good. I think it's, it's entertaining. Yeah. I mean, there's only a couple of Bond movies that I would say, like, there is nothing of value here mm-hmm. at all. Um, Name one. Moonraker and Moonraker and for your eyes only. I I think they're <laughs> terrible. But the whole reason of going to like the serious fucking Bond who's fucking mad about shit is because the Roger Moore ones got so cartoonish. Mm. And they thought like, okay, we'll go back to the other way, and we'll do like we'll take stuff from the books and it's fucking serious again. And it's like it's so hard to balance that stuff out. It's a real pendulum. It's just so fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, wow, speaking... But this is kind of movie, it's like if it's on like on a Friday night and you don't want to go out and do anything, yeah, but, yeah. totally watch it. So a Friday night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, speaking... It's a Friday night and you're a loser. Watch License to Kill, dude. Speaking... It's probably on TV right now. Speaking of long-running franchises that originated in the 60s, uh, it's mm-hmm. going up against, oh boy, George Takei, Michelle uh, Nichols, uh, Walter Koenig, James Doohan, uh DeForest, Kelly, Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, and this will be number one at the box office. Which, judging by this assessment this, by this modern over a times, James Bond movie. Yeah, that's very strange. Star Trek V: The Final Frontier. A strange force has entered the galaxy. It could only mean one thing. Greetings, Captain. The vacation oh, is over. Now the crew of the Enterprise. Enterprise, are you ready? Is taking you where no one has gone before. No, we'll never make it through the Great Barrier. Warp speed now. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Rated PG. (laughs) I believe your husband always calls this Star Trek V, The Search for God. Yes. Uh, After the search for whales. And it's really weird. I, 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 I wasn't exposed to these either as a kid. And in my 20s, I watched all the Star Treks in a row really almost bowed out after the first one. Mm-hmm. But I love mm-hmm. two, three, and four. They're, I think they're yeah. one of the greatest trilogies ever. And then it's followed up with this and this fascinating, Ooh. I don't know, it was hard to call it a train wreck, mm-hmm. but because uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I didn't have the same expectations writing on it that I'm guess, guessing other people did. Like the only Star Trek you get with the original cast every five years, four years. Right. It's going to um, mean a lot more. Yeah, and, and, and this I think everyone pegged for a while on William Shatner because he saw Leonard Nimoy successfully direct Star Trek IV, mm-hmm. The Search for Whales, <laughs> The Voyage Home, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shatner's like, well, then I get to do one, don't I? <laughs> and, he, and he did, and, and, and there's some silly stuff in there, but like if you've heard him talk about it, like Paramount would, would total dicks about this film. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Cut the budget, like the Star Trek people gave him a huge hassle. And uh, the ending they wanted in, didn't end up happening, and the ending is what really ruins the movie. Uh, Flo- the fucking Zardoz head. Oh, oh <laughs> my god! Yeah, well, so so much of this is like, was this was this a fan script? And it turns out, oh, Shatner does have a story credit on it mm-hmm. because there's there's an awful lot of uh, Kirk being perfect and everyone loving him. Sure. He's a, he's a 50-year-old man climbing a mountain in the beginning. And so, if, if we need a closing song, I have one. Right. It's just that song. It's, oh. Yeah. 
And so then it is a fan there's script. Just, there's sort of some there's an awful lot of dilly dallying, and then it turns out oh Spock has a brother out of fucking nowhere, and you're like wait what what hmm. oh surprise brother, and then they want to go through the big scary barrier to go talk to God, <laughs> but then God just wants their spaceship, and they're like well why does God need a spaceship? And no, he's not really God. He's the Wizard of Oz, and this is all oh, a big waste of time. Spoilers. Yeah. 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 No, I'm doing you a favor. Skip this one entirely. Go straight to six. Six is actually pretty good. Okay. Which is great. But, yeah. Oh, that uh, reminds me. If you love the the credit sequence to Avengers Endgame, it's mm-hmm. it's from Star Trek Six, it, mm. where the the signatures pop up uh, when everybody's mm-hmm. being sent off. It was really neat. I I fucking seen Avengers Endgame like three times, and I would stay for those credits, mm-hmm. even though I have to pee really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, I mean, the worst Star Trek movie. Yeah, it's the worst original ser- original cast Star Trek movie. Okay. I think it might be worse than Insurrection even. Ooh. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah, okay. it's it's tough. I just it, it's another they always have the problem of trying to find something for everybody to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them don't get anything to do. And so there's some point where like, well, let's go attack those desert pirates i guess they are and so like who gets naked and does a sexy dance at them and you're like wait what the fuck that's like the only thing i remember of course (laughs) the most clear Uh, body double in the history of anything why did did anyone want this (laughs) i don't know i don't want an answer to that question those desert dementors were like uh showing (laughs) (sighs) no you see what i see over there is that a 60 year old lady Doing a fan dance? Yeah, let's. Oh, oh. Why? <laughs> Why? What? Why? I I, oh, yeah. I don't know, no, but like there, there were there were massive budgetary issues. There's a great article, uh, a couple great articles about it that I, I aren't coming to my mind in full, but like that mm. sort of absolves Shatner being the problem. Like I think they had like it started out that like he was contractually getting this, and so nobody had any faith in it. So he mm. couldn't get the money he wanted. Mm-hmm. They had to cut a bunch mm-hmm. of shit they were supposed to do. They had to create almost a new ending. Uh, so it, it, yeah, like it, it stands, it stands aloft as yeah. uh, on William Shatner's shoulders, but it may not have been given how big a franchise Star Trek was, as we just talked about at the top. Yeah, I feel like there's some sort of there, there is some sort of way you could like phantom edit it down to like a decent episode, mm-hmm. or do a rewrite or some. There's there's a way that a lot of their ideas could work, but they do not work here. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's bad. That's it's a bad. bummer. But this is still an exciting week for genre shit. Oh, for real. Because um, I, if we move into TV real fast, I was, uh, I am a huge fan of anthology shows mm-hmm. like uh, The yeah. Twilight Zone or um, or Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Uh, but this is the first one I remember coming out in my lifetime. I was kind of too young for an Amazing Stories, even though I did end up seeing that in reruns. But mm-hmm. uh, fucking Tales from the Crypt is oh, out this week God. on HBO. Yes. Woo! Oh, <laughs> you mean the show? With the promos that scared the shit out of me yeah. as a little kid, oh yeah, my God. I couldn't even look at it. Well, that's that. That's what's so weird about it. Because to me, this this show could have been called "Chris is sleeping over at a friend's house." The TV show because we didn't have HBO, <laughs> and like this came on like every Friday, and it was fucking perfect for mm-hmm. someone my age. Because I was reading the EC comics on which these were based, and HBO threw in a lot of blood and titties <laughs> into like every mm-hmm. story. Uh, but Tales, like, I don't know. How do you describe Tales from the Crypt, Diana? Anthology show, horror-based for the most it's part. It's a horror-based anthology show uh, where you get uh, a short film with some sort of horrific twist. Some, usually a twist. Some kind of twist that's, like, grosser that, or and scarier than, like, Twilight Zone would be. But the first episode is crazy. Mm. 
because it it mm-hmm. is not what you'd think of as a Tales from the Crypt episode. I got I got the Crypt Keepers uh, dialogue from the beginning, which I hello boys and goons. Yes. I do this right. this over the top impression. He definitely got there. Uh, also, he was the voice of Buster Bunny on Tiny Toons with Crypt okay. Keeper. <laughs> uh, but this is his intro to the story, the man who was death. He likes to kill human pests, and he does it in front of an audience. Now that's entertainment. <laughs> so hang on to your hats, kitties. This one's a real shocker. So it's it's. I just watched this recently. It's not what you'd expect from a Tales from the Crypt episode. Huh. It's hmm. directed by Walter Hill of the greatest movie ever made, The Warriors. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. uh, and it's about it, it's a guy who's mostly talking to camera, Ferris Bueller style of laid off prison guard who starts doing some vigilante shit and eventually ends up on death row Mm -hmm. it's not what you'd think of when you think of tales from the crypt at all it's just well done it's like it's a neat little story uh and and for some reason these all came out on youtube a few years ago and now you have to pay for them but they're also not penalizing anyone else from uploading full episodes to youtube all these episodes are on youtube in full and it looks pretty good too yeah it's not it's i mean there'll always be standard definition but they they're shot like films and they look really good and there's some of course there's really cheesy ones but they're always really fun i Mm -hmm. definitely recommend the episode directed by arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) yeah that was the other thing that made the show so much fun is that they would just let Basically, if if you want to try directing and you're famous, you get to try directing. So Schwarzenegger yeah. directs an episode. Michael J. Fox does some. They got a bunch of like big name directors all up, especially in the first season. You said Walter Hill, Robert Zemeckis, Richard Donner, Howard mm-hmm. Deutsch, Mary Lambert, Tom Holland, and Fred Decker the, getting directed. That's the entire first season. Is yeah. those are your directors? Like, whole crap. Yeah, and if you remember a previous thirty twenty ten from a few years ago, um, Zemeckis was on to this bright young kid named Peter Jackson and mm-hmm. wanted him to make an episode called The Frighteners, and that ended up having so much production, like, we think we should just make this a movie, but they didn't call it a Twilight Zone movie, even though there were two of them. Uh, but The Frighteners started out as a Twilight Zone episode, giving a shot to a director people didn't know yet. Wait, a Twilight Zone? Or, or sorry, Tales, Tales from the, the Crypt. Okay, gotcha. Yes, the show we're talking about. Yes. My bad. Yeah. Uh, but well, I think I'm going to have to visit this when we... But that's the thing. Go you, to Halloween. You don't time. have to binge this at all. Yeah, like, just, just pick and on. choose. And, yeah. like, it's it's mm-hmm. it's really fun. It's really fun. It's kind of the perfect show to do that with mm-hmm. because I don't, for me, it's not, it's kind of like MST3K mm-hmm. where I don't want to binge those. I want yeah. to just like put it on whenever I, you know, is in the specific mm-hmm. mood for it. Yeah. I, 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 I dig this show. So I thought it would help. I thought it was really cheesy because only as a kid I remembered, I don't know, my dad was buying me those comics, like those 1950s, 60s comics in which yeah. they're based and like literally HBO would throw in a chainsaw cheerleader in a story where... That had an ambiguous ending. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I remember that. I didn't remember like some of the, I don't know, like kind of classier shit. It was co- sort, sort of my generation's Twilight Zone. It doesn't get a lot of respect because of the Crypt Keeper is kind of what people remember. Oh, and he does yeah. get progressively sillier, but he's he's just the host. He's just the opening and And they really make guy. him look so gross. Oh, and that's... Like, it's like, I, I remember being a little kid and being like, I can't even look at this. So it's so <laughs> gross. That made waves because the Crypt Keeper was the world's first robotic host. Oh. Uh, yeah, the, the, he, was, he wasn't a puppet. He wasn't yeah. CG. He wasn't animation. He was an animatronic. And I don't know that the world had had that before. And he looks okay. really good. Yeah. He still, he's, it still holds up as pretty decent, especially that intro sequence. Mm-hmm. God, it's so much fun. Love oh, that intro. And yeah, some underrated Danny Elfman theme right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Uh, I used to watch it. Even if I didn't want to watch the show, I would just watch the opening and then turn it off. It's fantastic. It's so good. It feels like something uh, uh, Tim Burton was in a bad mood and like threw out for no reason. Uh, it's, it's, it works for like half of his movies. Tales from the uh, Crypt, people. Be sure to check so, it out. So good. Mm-hmm. Do you have a particular favorite episode? Because I, I think I might. No, not 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 at the moment. Because like I just I was just going through the seasons in order, and I was just kind of taken aback by it. some of these aren't even like horror. It's just like a murder mystery, mm-hmm. and it, mm. it's just it's kind of what what any notable director wanted to do outside of their genre. They just like go nuts, have fun, and I think the last one's like all animated. That's the most recent one I watched. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple really really good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking it up just so I can get the titles right. Beauty Rest is really good where Mimi Rogers is in a, a beauty contest and she ends up uh, getting so obsessed that she like kills the competitors and spoiler, here comes the twist. Uh, it, it's for Miss Autopsy. <gasps> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, all right. Yeah. She's really and Tanya also, Harding her oh, way to the top. And, and because we always have to shout him out, there is a really good Kyle MacLachlan episode oh. where he is in the desert, handcuffed to a body, kind of like the end of Greed. And it's really good <laughs> and gross. Yeah, it's, it's I might so, have to start with that it, one. It's totally worth checking it's out, great. especially around Halloween. And they're mm-hmm. they're that's the thing. Like they were uh, edited for syndication, and I I yeah. encourage you to track down the uncut ones if you can. They're they are cheap DVDs. I've seen them readily available in WalMarts uh, in like twenty dollar full season sets. Seven cool. seasons it went on uh, Ichbo, followed by an animated spinoff for the kids because sure. they knew where their bread was buttered. Uh, but yeah, Tales from the Crypt. It was it was radical, man. I'm so glad I could. Have, I was alive to appreciate it. Uh, not 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 like the uh, NBA Finals. Jesus, Pist- the Detroit Pistons get revenge on last year's loss. They beat the Los Angeles Lackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. congratulations, sports. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's uh, yeah. We're, that's not our forte. Uh, but video games. Uh, speaking of George Lucas, which I'm assuming we do every time in the '80s. I guess we didn't. I mean, we do talk about him yeah. a lot. But Lucas Arts release releases Pipe Mania. Mm. A, Lucas Arts was kind of kind of specialized in not not relying on its franchises to make games. It would make new mm-hmm. things. And Pipe Mania is a puzzle game, which is exactly what you think it is. Fastening pipes to get liquid through, which would go on in our modern era to be the mini games for every single unlocking and decrypting puzzle (laughs) in everything. As recently as Spider-Man on the PS4, Bioshock, that's like all basically pipe mania, like uh, thrown into their game as a mini game. But it came out on PCs uh, this week, 1989. And with that... We're gonna talk about the music and close out 1989 real fast. We got some new releases here. Uh, what you don't know by Expose DC Talk self-titled debut. Cool. Oh, little ki- little Chris at Christian Camp is very excited. Uh, Trouble in Angel City by Lion. Uh, Big Time by Heavy D and the Boys. And Nights Like This by Stacey Q. Of course, we're gonna close out close out with the number one song this week, Wind Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler. Stay right there, and we'll see you once again in 1999. Did you- You know, guys, we overshare a lot on 302010, so I don't think I'm out of line by saying sexual performance issues are more common than you think. Over 25% of new erectile dysfunction cases 
are guys under 40, just like you. But thankfully, you have more options than ever. Thanks to 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. And you lucky listeners can get your first month for just five bucks by going to 4 slash TTT. That's three Ts. For real, don't get defrauded online by sketchy marketplaces. 4 provides convenient access to U.S. doctors online and real medicine dispensed from American pharmacies. Quit messing around with weird solutions, man. Turn to science. They can make ED optional. It's completely confidential and discreet, and there are no more in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. Save a couple hours and a lot of money. Hims has been featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, and Playboy. And now my favorite part, Hims is hard, mateys. <laughs> I love saying that. So get your first month of Hims for just five bucks. That's right. We'll get you started for just five bucks while supplies last and subject to doctor approval. See the website for full details and safety information. And remember, this could cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So go to forhims.com slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash three T's. Once again, that's forhims.com slash TTT. My joke in the beginning, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication, which it, it's like, it's impossible it's like, to still love this song. It's like they love California so much, <laughs> they want to have sex with it. It's like they haven't traveled at all. <laughs> Look, I've been to California, both of the cities. I live there. <laughs> it's uh, fine. And it's like, it's, 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 like, it's I, that they've traveled so much and nowhere is like home. Okay. And they have to tell the world, your places suck. Yeah, but except that this makes it on Rolling Stone's top 500 list of best rock albums of all time. But they did stop making rock in about five years from now. That's so. true. Uh, yeah. I don't. I, I just. I never want to willingly listen to this again because of how much like the radio loves rel- loved relying on the Chili Peppers. Now was Scar mm-hmm. Tissue on this one? I think yep. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Scar Tissue. Like Scar Tissue. Yeah. Or Scar Tissue. So that's the video yeah. where they're riding in the car. This is the one that's all CG and hilarious. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you see this video. Gotcha. Uh, CG Anthony Kiedis. Uh, we also welcome to 1999, June 7th to the 13th. We also have some new music releases uh, from a whole bunch of them. Uh, Cigaros. I'm not going to pronounce this. Good beginning in whatever their language is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It doesn't come out until 2000 for uh, us English speakers. Yep. Wow. Oh, but but it's it's their breakthrough. Okay, so we'll probably right. talk about it then. Oh, this fucking this fake ass band, Leisure Noise by Gay Dad. <laughs> I, I I know this. It, I know the song Joy very well because like, just this was at the peak of Paola, uh-huh. where nobody had a replacement of like what, what's the next big thing for white people? So there's all these manufactured bands you've never heard of that all of a sudden are getting radio play every seven seconds. And so, Gay Dad was Gay one Dad? of those bands. Yeah, okay. fuck it. It was it was it was awful. 
Uh, Dark Side of the Spoon by Ministry, Euphoria by Def Leppard, The Gathering by Testament is out this week, as is Get Skin Tight by Her Wallpaper Reverie. Um, oh, no, sorry. Wallpaper Reverie by Appleton Stereo, uh, a band I was introduced to by The Adventures of Pete <laughs> Fucking almost 10 years beforehand. Uh, Synchronized by Jamiroquai, Terra Twilight by Pavement, uh, Gorilla by Super Furry Animals, and Astro Lounge by Smash Mouse with, yes, includes All Star. Have we not talked about Mystery Men? Oh, man. <laughs> Amazingly, I don't know. Yeah. I, this was a lot of fun that uh, when I was looking up, like, oh, what's coming up? Wow, there's a lot of music for 99. I'm typing it up. My husband's sitting next to me. I'm like, oh, that's Smash, Smash Mouth one. It's like, which one? And I just went, that uh, he's the like, one. <laughs> what? I'm like, some. Like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> so Whoa. Sam and I yeah. <laughs> Sam and I chaperoned uh, my stepson's middle school dance, his first middle school dance a couple weeks ago. And oh. this song came on and every child in the ballroom knew every single word yeah. and were screaming <laughs> it at the top of their lungs. I was shocked. I, d- I had no All idea right. that they would know this. And then Realize later it was probably because of Shrek. Well, it's it's ironic. Uh, yeah, but it, but it becomes real because when I yes. was growing up, the shittiest song in the world that that personified the '80s was Aha's "Take on Me." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, like it was shit on. Like people hated that song. That's so, that's and and Toto's Africa. And now it's like mm-hmm. we made fun of it so much. Right. Kept listening to it. It's just good now. And, but like that was I not the case. To believe that about Smash Mouth. <laughs> that was not the case. That was not the case with "Take on Me." It was it was. Emblematic of everything cheesy and wrong with the '80s in oh the gosh. in the in the grunge era, mm-hmm. and and now it's just taken a new form. It's just a classic. Time is a flat circle. Yep. It it keeps yeah keeps on going and going. Man. Going and going. Uh, Live Lo Vida still number one. <laughs> uh, this really is, I think, maybe the most diverse group of music. What it's pretty everyone out listening there. has to like something in here for shit's sake. Yeah. Uh, oh, ministry goodness. and testament. And Jamiroquois' big follow-up. Yeah. It's, it's not their second album, but it's the big one after the one that had Virtual Insanity on it. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I like Jamiroquois. Yes. Because I'm white. And you love big furry hats. <laughs> I do. No, I just like just nice funky grooves on in the background. That's sure. all I want. Well, uh, I'm a simple woman with simple tastes of funky backgrounds. <laughs> okay, well, why don't you get funky with the news of 1999? Because I don't want to do that. Okay. Oh, this is why it was hard. Uh, it's very, very complicated. And I had to go on a deep dive, but I can keep it as simple as possible, which is June 12th. Uh, NATO troops begin on the ground peacekeeping in Kosovo. Okay. This is this is our so, whole news story from the nineties is a black hole. Our to war me. with Kosovo. Like I'm like I know this was so a confusing. thing and I have no idea what it is. Yeah, well HBO hurry up and make a miniseries about Please. it so I can wrap my head around it. It's so complicated. So Yugoslavia used to be a country uh-huh. and Kosovo is part of it and I'm it has you? a very large uh, Albanian population mm. there. And uh, Serbia as some other parts like went to war with it. And why is very complicated and what they were trying to do is very complicated, except like there were like a lot of war crimes and shit going on. Mm. And uh, the Russians were getting involved a little bit, but not really because they had just broken up and didn't have quite the power. And uh, it was fucking terrible. And eventually NATO steps in and uh, start bombing and then put uh, ground, put peacekeeping forces on the ground from like an international people from all over the place to, you know, not have there be so much with the ethnic cleansing and the war crimes. I mean, something like 2 million people were displaced during this war, which was Hmm. like barely a year long. Wow. It was fucking bad. And now there's literally, they're still there. There is still a force in Kosovo. Wow. 
I know so little about it. Not as much. Like, it's like 600 Americans are part of the force. It used to be a lot more. But, yeah. There's still... Is it still... uh, I'm trying. Vulcanization spicy over there. I'm trying to remember the leader's name because he was mentioned on SNL that whole year. Milosevic. There it yes. is. There Slobodan. It is. Slobodan. Yeah, uh, he's a fucking war criminal. Fuck sounds, that guy. sounds like a much more fun sledding tournament. Agree. Oh, the annual Slobodan. Welcome. I, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit of lighter entertainment-based news. Uh, Circuit City has thrown in the towel on Divix. It's single-use oh, no. DVD format that like self-destructs. Oh, After dang. you use it, my first DVD player that still works as as a Divix uh, is a Divix player. That was mm-hmm. a, exclusive to Circuit City. It, they they were just shy of how we would actually go to rent movies, right? <laughs> um, uh, just the, with the physical thing hang up. Uh, but they apparently lost a hundred million dollars in the gamble. And, uh, and meanwhile, and Michael, then they were just fine, and they were just fine. And we still <laughs> go there to this day. And uh, people who sell you TV still get commission. I'm just oh. kidding. Meanwhile, Michael Jackson pays $1.5 million for David Oselznik's Gone with the Wind Oscar. Oh, man. So oh, I think damn. We all have a reason at this point to pull a wonderful heist on Michael Jackson's estate. Sure. Uh, I think, and I think we should. Ooh. Let's write that movie. It's a victimless crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, in 1999, let's jump into movies, because there's really only one, and it is a wonderful story. Uh, not the Red Violin, which uh, is... One of the most bizarre things I think Samuel Jack- Jackson has ever it, done. And he is done is, a lot. Yeah, he's done so many movies. And this is one where it's like, is that Samuel L. Jackson? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because this is, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's artsy-fartsy, though. But it's yeah. like, what? I think it's French, technically? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so The Red Violin is about a violin through time. Mm-hmm. It has different owners and different stories take place around this violin. And also there's tarot and maybe fate. Oh, cool. All right. I'm going to hear the trailer. It's really good. These people from the Vowels have given us some figures. So what we need now is a professional opinion. You ever heard of the red violin? You sure I have stories? What you're saying is any way true. People could get a little excited. Destined to wander across the ages. And never to rest. Victoria, I need you. Its song of seduction could inspire genius. This seems like a fake movie in a show about making a fake movie. It's true, it does. That <laughs> people are arguing over. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it should, this should be yeah. the centerpiece of Get Shorty season three. Yeah. I was just watching nice. that and I just... It's really good, right? I couldn't help thinking. Yeah, like, that's good. I really wish I played the violin. That was like, that's one of those things where <laughs> if I could go back and be a kid and like, you know, really insist on that for my parents. Actually, earlier this year, that was one of my New Year's resolutions is to learn how to play the violin. <laughs> that won't be annoying at all. Uh, I, and then get a divorce, obviously. I was, as as many kids who grow up to be failures, uh, I was in the gifted program. Same. And, and uh, I, I missed out on like computers and because I wasn't paying attention or learning about when to sign up for classes uh, and we would get bussed off to this other school where we take it's so shitty just the idea that like I got to learn about computers like 10 years before like kids who didn't test well in kindergarten oh, it is a and, travesty like, uh, real. It, but I, I couldn't get a computer class or the cartooning one I want and I saw a class with no description just called electronic strings like that sounds yeah. fucking violent yeah. let's sounds do it badass it was the violin 
I so I spent <laughs> so jealous. I spent a semester learning to play the violin. Never got beyond Mary had a little lamb. I uh, could not, can't do it at all. Man. But I loved stroking it with that gut, that rot gut shit. That was pretty neat. Whatever you like, cat your, gut, cat gut. That's yes. not rot gut. Rot gut is what, what you that's drink. what I'm drinking. Yeah. <laughs> no violin yeah. for me. No, rot gut is what your parents were drinking. I knew the Red Violin is a movie that tells like a whole bunch of different stories, and I didn't realize it's by the same people who made Twenty Two Short Films about Glenn Gould. Oh, really? So like their follow up to Twenty Two Short Films about Glenn Gould is Five Short Films about a violin. Oh, fun! Lovely. They're just on a roll, man. I think they need to stop stop dropping the number though. They need to increase the number. Yes. The next movie needs to be like a hundred and fourteen short films about Rotgut. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the Redder I Violin. Would totally watch that. That's also a guitar. Uh, okay, so we had, it's got to clear out for what ended up becoming a huge movie. Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it's where I get everything I want. Uh, movie starring Seth Green, Robert Wagner, Wagner, Michael York, uh, Heather Graham, and Mike Myers. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh, you gave it away because I pulled oh. the teaser trailer because the teaser trailer oh. had people screaming in the theater. Oh, wow. Oh, because it, it sets itself up like Phantom Menace. It's supposed to be Phantom yep. Menace. Right. Yeah. Years ago. A battle was fought, and an empire was destroyed. Now, the saga will continue. You were expecting someone else? (laughs) If you see only one movie this summer, see Star Wars. But if you see two movies, see Austin Powers. That's right, Mr. Bigglesworth. We're back. Oh, behave. The spy who shagged me. No, Mr. Bigglesworth. No, bad catch. <laughs> yeah, see, you're giggling. You're I giggling. loved this when I, it came out. I think it's delightful it, still. I, I think it, it is I, too. And this is the best one. I am so such a contrarian. I don't like this one. Oh, I, I'm surprised at you, Diana, because there's something about making fun of England in the 60s it's that I don't so think good. is going to get old through the generations. It's still <laughs> going to be so funny. Easy part, to do. part of my problem is why I, I really do love the first Austin Powers. I really, really do. Because, it, I mean, it helps that for whatever bizarre reason, like, I, I'm getting where they're coming from with this. The references. I get, you know, the 68 Casino Royale. 67, 68. The, the old Casino Royale or in like Flint, got it. And then like the beginning of this movie literally is like, oh, I like the movie in like Flint. I'm like, oh, shit, no, don't. And then they just kind of retread a lot of the old jokes. And then there's some poopy humor. No. And then, to, and then to steal a line from The Onion from the time, it's about a 60s man who goes back to the 60s for a delightful fish in water scenario. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's half about that. Uh, I think... I don't know. Like, I think, again, like Borat, I think people, you know, kind of turn up the nose at Austin Powers because mm-hmm. of all the annoying yeah. costumes and impressions you've had to of endure course. for oh, the, God, the last yes. two, couple <sighs> decades. I understand that. But the movie is objectively funny. And But I also think maybe Mike Myers is aware of that or maybe like doing Dr. Evil more. But half this movie is mm-hmm. Dr. Evil. Mm-hmm. And like all of those moments are fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. He used there to- is a lot of stuff <laughs> that I think is funny, like on its own. Overall, I just don't like this movie as much. But... It does have some lasting things, like the phrase mini-me. Yeah. yeah. Vern Troyer's breakout role. Yeah. I haven't I'll seen him since him. Baby's Day Out, but here he is. <laughs> it's a stunt double, but here he is. I, I, I don't know. I, this movie, it is the best one. Yeah. All the stuff that just, works in the third one 
started here. So the third one is when we get fat bastard. No, he's in this, this one. This is in this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. They this do one. kind of bleed together for me a little bit. That's the one part that I could do without. Yeah, Goldberg. I really could do without fat bastard. Yeah. <laughs> but again, no. that was so funny before everyone started saying it. I mean, it Get in was. my belly. It I can't even was, do it. kind of was, actually. It, like, I don't yeah. know. I was a big Mike Myers fan at the time, and he could do no wrong in my yeah. eyes. And, and, and if we, you remember the story we told on probably years ago in 30, 2010, like the first Austin Powers was a theatrical bomb. That slowly yeah. mm-hmm. spread through video and became beloved enough to where this this outgrossed the original by like I don't know an exponential an exponential amount because it wow. this was like one of the like mm-hmm. in the top ten highest grossing movies uh, of the year in the year yeah. where we have a new Star Wars and uh, whereas the previous movie like went went away with a whimper. How many comedy series do we have really? Not not that many. I'm trying to th- I'm mm. trying to think of another one that's not a cartoon. Well, I think you get stuff well, like you- we have the Hangover. We oh, talked about hangover. that before, but right. we like to pretend number two and three didn't happen. Right. So. But the reason why you don't think because Mike Myers is writing this and he loves these characters mm-hmm. and he wants to make more and I hope he makes another one. I really mm-hmm. do. Uh, I would love to see another Austin Powers. I'm sure it'll be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I- do like the idea that they kept changing that that this one's the sixties and then the next one's the seventies. So if they wanted to go for eighties, there's so many easy, cheap ass jokes you can do. Yeah. 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 I just, uh, I feel like so much of it is just, it's trying too hard. I've seen it before. And I love the idea of his mojo being stolen. That's like the greatest disappointment to me. It's like that setup's hilarious. Yeah. The idea of something intangible, like mojo being stolen. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And what about yeah. that, that awesome series of jokes that like, it's a giant Johnson, get this on the screen yes. right now. Like, I think that's really <laughs> fucking funny. I fall for, I fall for that every time. I love that. It's running shit. the ground in the third movie, but like, I, I don't know, like there's too much to like about this film. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it pops on television and I'm around, I'll, I'll usually check it out for a little bit. I think bit. we need to probably put it on oh, that, our next group hang. I thought it was really funny because like they came, they called it the spy who shagged me. Silly, says the Americans. In England, it's like. That's a gross title for your movie. Like, we still say that. You just called the movie The Spy Who Fucked Me. Yeah, and like, basically. Uh, <laughs> the Spy Who Shagged Me. What a dumb name. Uh, but it doesn't get any, doesn't get any less dumb uh, in terms of television this week. June 7th to the 13th. Uh, Where Are They Now? It airs on VH1. It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, I don't want to talk about that at all. And I wanted to get you a clip of the next show because it is one of the best shows ever made. Okay. Uh, TBS's The Chimp Channel. They graduate from interstitials. Wow. They are uh, monkeys who reenact famous movie sequences. And I'm they finally got their it. own show. And it lasted 13 episodes. And I can't play you a clip because it'll just sound like funny voices because you're not seeing the chimps in awesome outfits peeing on themselves and like kissing each other. Oh, man. Which is fucking hilarious. Really and hadn't, right hadn't been done since Lancelot Link. There are a few better things you could do yourself if you like marijuana than putting on Lancelot Link. <laughs> Or the Chimp Channel. The, it's all on YouTube. Uh, it's not collected anywhere. But yeah, it's all starring monkeys. And I remember, I think I, I said this on the show, but it was because behind the scenes of the Chimp Channel, they show mm-hmm. how they get them to speak. And it sounds terrible. Uh, because like, uh, while they're, imagine all your actors, you really can't make eye contact with them. You also can't make any sudden movements. You can't point. You have to like look down. And like there's a, there's a guy, like one of the handlers on screen. And it was the funniest thing I saw in the behind the scenes. Just yelling, talk! And that's how the monkey knows to open its mouth. <laughs> like, uh, oh, so there's two oh people, talk, then you talk, 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 talk. And like, 
That's how they know to open well, their mouths. We're all laughing because we do have a handler here in the studio, <laughs> and that's how we do all the podcasts. Yes. We just have someone screaming at us, talk, talk, Bad talk. joke! <laughs> Uh, talk more about Star Trek than you objectively know nothing about. Uh, but yeah, the Chimp Channel, it was, uh, if you watched Dinner in the Movie back in the day, they were like really funny interstitials. Mm. It's like Pete and Pete, for All lack right. of a better term. It, I love things that start out on like, oh, cute little doses, and they get their own show. And I have to imagine it just was like too hard to fucking film. Probably. Because Lancelot Link, is, yeah. it got shown on, that, that show got shown forever after the 70s. But I think it's just, nobody wants to work in a set with chimps. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are... Ooh. We had a laser time about actor freakouts. None of them shit their wardrobe constantly. That we know of. <laughs> <laughs> or could bite I'd be your, willing to put some bets on a couple, though. Or could though. bite your genitals off. Like, that we know of. <laughs> that we know of. We're looking at you, Christian Bale. Uh, and and I, I meant to... I, I tried to grab a, a little clip of this, because this is sort of fascinating. Um, well, I guess for me, my grandma always talked about the man who hit her once in a dance in the 50s, <laughs> Mr. Robert Stack. Uh, God, he could have been Robert Stack's grandfather. Yeah, I could have been made up of his sperm if only my grandfather oh, were so tall. Untouchables, Robert Stack. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, I, I didn't know the timeline that Unsolved Mysteries stopped in '87, and then mm-hmm. Vera Farmerg. Oh, she was the host, right. and they're like, "Fuck this, get Robert Stack back," and they did. <laughs> and it was canceled. Vera Farmiga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was the ho- like uh, the season eleven host of Unsolved Mysteries, okay. and then Robert Sack came back, uh, and he and to be. I think they 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 kind of canceled the show after he got ill and died. Mm. Uh, but mm. uh, I think he's on this season. I don't know exactly where it is in the timeline because I was looking scrounging around looking for a send off from Robert Stack, which mm-hmm. I don't think he ever gave because these were syndicated, and I don't think they were thinking that syndicated shows don't. They're working way far, way more far ahead. Right. So they were all, yeah. always probably hoping for a next season. And they seem to be a little less sentimental about, <laughs> precious <laughs> about their product. Their next content. mystery. What happened to our show? Yeah. Find well, out never. They start showing clips while playing We'll Meet Again. And it's all like, <laughs> here's a murderer we caught. Here's a bog monster we made up. <laughs> so It's coming back though, right? I think so. It's That's co- what I heard. I mean, if, as long as its hosts don't keep dying. Looking at I mean, you, Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's something you can always bring back. And sort of, if we haven't said this before, fuck this show. This show, like, I wasn't scared by Tales from the Crypt. I was scared by Unsolved oh, Mysteries. same. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, I was scared by everything. I think we've established that over the course of the Tabitha, show. But... Tabitha Hunter was scrubbing her dishes at her bathroom sink when it was shot point blank through her window for no reason. And I'm just sitting there, like, trembling. Yes, like, people just yeah. shoot you through your window for no reason? Of course they don't. Robert Stack didn't give us all the information. Of course yeah. that woman was targeted. They she don't tell a, you that, though. She was a drug dealer. Her, yeah, like, her kitchen sink was full of drugs, and that's why she was washing her dishes in the bathroom sink. So that, like, they, what you just said. They should have just called them <laughs> unsolved crimes. Like, they're just crimes. They're not mysteries. Like, I don't need to worry about wayward bullets coming through my suburban bedroom window. But every other episode no, but, was about that shit. A missing kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, but I, see, it was uh-huh. unsolved mysteries. Mysteries because they would also have like alien abduction. Yes, right. And that's what I was there for. And also super scared by. And then at the end, they had like a number, right? That you could call yes. if you knew any information. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I they did some sort of like show every couple years where they were like, This is we solved all these mysteries. Here's all the missions that you help solve. Yep. Missions. Jesus. Uh mysteries that you help solve. That's fun. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. At the end of every one, I'd be waiting for okay, say update, say update, mm-hmm. update. Yeah. It cool. turns out right after this aired, we got a phone call from the bug monster aliens. And... 
A summit is going forth in Geneva right now. Yes. It turns Yay. out that Sink Lady didn't die, and it, she's totally okay. Well, it turns out we got a hold of gay alien Bigfoot, and he'd like to tell his side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> but Unsolved Mysteries in some carnation is canceled yep. uh, at this point, and we'll come back again and again and again and again. Mm. Um, and uh, only video game this week, I know even less about than Star Trek, Might and Magic 7 for blood and honor. Uh, but fuck that shit. Uh, let's take off with, oh, I remember this video. Madonna Me rolls too. her ass on, on Austin Powers, and I remember that getting little teenage Chris I all had, hot and bothered. I had the soundtrack, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beautiful Stranger by Madonna. It's probably off her... I don't know, whatever album she has out, but in it, she has the video no, is just her and Austin Powers. Just, it's just no, this it is one. off oh, the really? Austin Powers yeah. 2 soundtrack. It That's is an it. exclusive, and it's a damn good song. I guess, it yeah, is. It, is, it is kind of like 60s flavored, so I guess it, yeah, I guess exactly. she may have made it with this movie in mind. And has a cool video with Mike Myers in it. Um, work for Queen. We'll close out with Beautiful Stranger, and we'll see you once again in 2009. I'll pay for you in- Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. <laughs> it's true. But, but, uh, but I, it's one of those things I love about this. This, this sketch can live anywhere. But it is buoyed by the government shutdown. Remember that? Hmm. Uh, back in, no, was it November? November we had a government shutdown? It's, it's so hard to remember oh, yeah, all the time. chaos we we've been through. We had it for a time. <laughs> um, I, it, but it, it is the earthquake. It's called Earthquake News Report. And it's the sketch where they're just reading stupid people's names at the oh, yeah. name <clears throat> change office. And every single part of this makes me... It's, a lot of it is text-driven because it's all these puns written on screen but people wanting to change their names before being hit by an earthquake and underserved during the government shutdown and I love uh, Rachel Brosnahan in this it's one of the dirtiest jokes I saw this season Uh, I'm Dr. Shana Steele triage coordinator for family members worried about relatives who were in the change of name office Um, here's a list of rescued individuals taken to St. Joseph's Memorial Hospital Lisa Simpson Bill Cosby, Mario Party, Tiny Dick, and uh, Pedophilia, and Keith, um, uh, how would you say that? Oh, Queef, Keith Queef. And I should mention that we did not know Mr. Queef was inside, so when he came out, it was a delightful surprise. (laughs) I have never heard a Queef joke on network television in my life. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Hello, 
Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for June 7th through 13th, uh, summer movie time. I guess one of these is kind of a summer movie. Uh, let's start with 60 years ago this week. June 12th, 1959, saw the release of Black Orpheus, directed by Marcel Camus. This is a movie that it's like I can't really explain why it is everyone loves it quite so much, but a lot of people love this movie. And it's not quite like anything else you've seen. Um, it is made in Brazil by a French director with Brazilian cast, and it is a retelling of the Greek myth of Orpheus, except that it is packed in with samba music, and it sort of feels like you're there. Like, I feel like I've been to Brazil, but I haven't. I, I just watched Black Orpheus on a big screen, and it just feels like it. Um, it's a beautiful movie. It's really interesting. And yeah, music. Wow, movie. Music is so good. So uh, that's recommendation number one. And then in a very different, very weird way, uh, I can't relate these movies at all, I guess. But uh, 70th anniversary this week, 1949's Kind Hearts and Coronets, which, oh man, if you've only seen Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan Kenobi... There is just a whole world of comedies with him that you just, I envy you getting to discover them. Um, and Kind Hearts and Coronets is one of the best ones. So it's about this guy that is really pissed off at his distant relatives because like they fucked over his mom. And so he goes on this very well plotted path of revenge and murder to kill off everyone between him and a dukedom so he can inherit it. And all of them, I think there's eight in total, all of them are played by Alec Guinness. Various levels of drag, various accents, funny hats, whatever it is. And it's just the darkest fucking comedy, especially from 1949. Like, you think, well, the war's over, every movie's gonna be happy now. No. Nope. This is bitter satire about class in Britain, and it is so much fun. So those are my recommendations for this week. Black Orpheus, Kind Hearts and Coronets. I don't think you want them as a double feature, but eh, you do you. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Boogeyman. Magnetic, the flows are athletic. Dimensions are effective, whether static or kinetic. It's power, fast pressure, and mass beyond measure. You can place someone ever he... Magnetic, the flows are athletic. Dimensions are effective, whether static or kinetic. It's power, fast pressure, and mass beyond measure. You can place someone ever he best stop. Coming in 2009 with Cassa Bay by Most Def off of the Ecstatic. Is he still? He's not still Most Def, is he? I don't, I don't remember what his new name is. Uh, but Yasin Bay? Yasin Bay, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but this is Cassa Bay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My right. dog agrees. All right. New releases uh, by Elvis Costello this week, 2009, June uh, 7th to 13th. Secret, uh, Profane, and Sugar Cane by Elvis Costello. The Eternal by uh, Sonic Youth. And, of course, Guilty Pleasure by Ashley Tillsdale. Something for everybody. Boom Boom Pal by the Black Eyed Peas is Nimbu Wen. Nimbu You thought you could escape it. Uh, but let's get into a little news. You guys all owe us a thank you for not playing that every fucking week for 16 weeks. We could. Uh, yeah, but 2009, June 7th and 13th, a little bit of news. I, I can't, we can trace this back to the 10th of the 10-year anniversary of the creation of Slenderman. As best as anyone can figure. Wow. Yeah. It's still Slenderman. This is like right at the beginning of me like I guess I don't get everything on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand why what's is this re- I did, is this real? Why did you just make up something to be scared by? That's strange. I, We're all adults. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and then some kids murdered their classmate because of it. Oh, so even worse made a murder. bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> About Slenderman. I believe it was an attempted murder. Mm. 
True. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like meme meme culture is the new satanic panic <laughs> where it's like yeah, it should be. Yeah. Remember when that? Yeah, It would be so much more fun well, if they were panicking. That's real. Well, I mean, part of it too, like Tide Pods, the whole Tide Pods. Nobody's delicious. eating Tide Pods. Yeah. Fucking delicious. And yet everyone's like, we're changing our whole marketing. We're making commercials. <laughs> we're putting them in new like boxes because people hey, are eating Tide Pods. I have an idea. Maybe <laughs> don't make them at all because no, they're no, dumb. They don't fucking work. And it's like stupid. They don't work. And they made them for my dishwasher. And like I run the dishwasher. And like this didn't dissipate with hot water like yeah. what's the point of this Sam and I, I came over st- and I was like oh no you don't want I had to, to stab it with a knife before I ran my dishwasher <laughs> fuck these pods they're awful uh, everything has to be a pod y'all yeah dude fuck <laughs> that uh, and on the 11th wow swine flu outbreak declared a pandemic which is yep. different from an epidemic yep okay. it's pan there's more of it oh so it's, it's worse in different countries it's it all moves. over the place yeah holy shit yeah they made such a big deal about swine flu it's out to get you it's gonna kill us all well it didn't kill us all but it killed about eighteen thousand people jesus that's, that's a lot kind of a lot yeah 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 that's still a lot it's more people than were killed by fucking slender man true uh, <laughs> watch contagion y'all yeah yeah or chernobyl i just can't stop recommending that mm. um mm. And on the 13th of June, 2009, mass protests in Iran after the re-election of Aminadinejad. There, I did it. Aminadinejad. Uh, God damn it. I'm pronouncing like the news as, as president. He's great. We all loved him. I don't I won't pretend to know anything about this. Right. Uh, so this is the Green Revolution. There was uh, mass protests of literally millions of people for months uh, because uh, Ahmadinejad looked like he totally rigged the election, and they had a reformer, former prime minister, uh, Mousavi, uh, was probably the winner. Maybe it was a three-way race. And um, then, obviously, after we have lots and lots of protests, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, is is Iran gonna like fix its shit or change or what?" No, big ass government cr- cut down, uh, big ass government uh, crackdowns and a whole lot of people killed and a whole lot of people put in jail and it goes on for a really long time and uh, Musavi's still in house under house arrest 10 years later wow all right all right yeah because and, um Ahmadinejad yeah, is still you can say a lot of things person. about Iran but uh, the fact that they have a totalitarian government is, is kind of the big one <laughs> okay okay that's all yeah. I'll say about Iran then uh, yeah, a lot of people it's, I mean this is proof like two million people come out to protest something it tends to tell you, like, hey, maybe the people don't agree with it. Maybe all of Iran is not, like, this asshole. I feel like our elections uh, were tampered with, and we were in a march that involved two million people, and it didn't change shit. Mm. And Yeah, we, yeah, we know what that feels like. Yeah, uh, but I do recommend, uh, there's an HBO documentary called Forneda, and EDA, mm-hmm. that uh, I recommend, because it's about this girl who literally was, like, not political. She was just, like, gonna go to the protest to see what happens. And she just gets fucking shot out of nowhere. Mm. And it's all like on film, like it's being filmed by multiple people. Just do, 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 bang, down she goes, and she becomes like this sort of figurehead of like this could have been anybody, mm. of just like some random militia dude armed by the government just shooting random chicks in the street. Jeez. Great. Okay. Okay. Well. Yeah, I know it's pretty perky. Fun mov- stuff. <laughs> movies. The Hangover is still delighting audiences everywhere. Yay. Number one of the box office. I can't believe how much we talked about it in the previous episode. It's true. Uh, Every Little Step is a movie I've never heard of. I hadn't either, but it's a documentary about casting the revival of Chorus Line. (gasps) Oh, this is So it's a dancing movie. 
Yeah, uh -oh. this is very well received. People love this documentary. I can't believe I haven't seen yeah. it. Never heard of it. I also love A Course Line. <laughs> oh, nor have I heard of Tetro. Um, what? Alden Einrich and Vincent Gallo in the movie Tetro? People around here don't know much about me. I'd like to keep it that way. Miranda doesn't even know who our father is. When I met him, he said he was a writer and he held everything he had written against his friends. So what was it about? Rivalry. You're writing the story of our father. There's only room for one genius in this family. Don't you love... Okay. Man, man, did you see this die? Uh, I have not. It's on my to-do list because it is directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Right. I'm trying to see every movie of his. I'm, I'm remembering putting every movie by Francis Ford Coppola into my Netflix disc mm -hmm. queue. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. I, I think I gave up the movie before this. Mm -hmm. Coppola has made some, I don't know, I don't want to say self-indulgent, but just slow and adult stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. a black no, and white I mean, movie. Uh, absolutely. Uh, was it Youth Without Youth? Is the other one? Yeah. yeah I mean, the one I or Best in. of Youth. Best of Youth. Uh Whichever. Um, yeah, he's only made a couple movies like in the 2000s. Uh, and this is one that's gorgeous black and white cinematography uh, with Vincent Gallo and Alden Ehrenreich, who's only like 19. Mm -hmm. Again, we got a baby actor this episode. Um, and like they're brothers and they live in Ar Ar Argentina. And Vincent Gallo is weird and twitchy because he's fucking Vincent Gallo. And it's got pretty solid reviews for people who like slower, artsier stuff. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm still going to see it. Okay. You know, Vincent Gallo's gross. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so. it's lucky he's cast in anything after fucking Brown Bunny. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. What an, what oh an ending. Um, uh, but a movie I don't know. I, I feel like the trailer is going to ping my memory. Is but this not Click? This is not Click, <laughs> nor is this Norbit. Okay. Nor is this the Thousand Words movie. Okay. Mm -mm. It's a different Eddie Murphy movie with Thomas Hayden Church and Yara Sh uh, Shidi. Sh uh, imagine that is the name of the movie. It's information. Okay, let me get this right. The princesses tell you things got it. about companies. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I got a couple of other companies I want to ask them about. From Paramount Pictures. There they are. You'll have to sing a song she likes. Please let me pass. And have an aneurysm. Yeah, I'm with her. At Nickelodeon Movies. The entire community is talking about you. I want you to find out where he's getting his information. He just hangs out with his daughter. You have to dance. They have to dance, too? They dance and they laugh. Hey, I mean, hey, what's going on, man? How you playing with a blanket? Tell Olivia Danielson that dad's out here and needs the blanket. Let me give you $20. I'll take 50 my brother. I have a coffee card. I don't drink coffee. Do you like scones? It's a fucking weird place for the Brazil soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh, but some good. We got more early Danny Elfman in there with some back to school music in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, still everybody else's trailer music and some good baby yep. actors. That um, Yara Shahidi, she's on Blackish and oh. now Grownish. She's really, she's great. That's I love the streaming spinoff. It's Grown-ish? the freeform spinoff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't like Family Eddie Murphy, <laughs> and at least this, I... at this point, the audiences agreed with me. Mm -hmm. And the... yeah, we're we're into. I mean, I guess liar liar ask magical realism, and that mm -hmm. like his daughter's imaginary friends give him economic advice and tell him what to, to invest in and stuff, and it helps his work. Uh... Come on, uh... shut up and put on a fat suit, Eddie Murphy. Uh... <laughs> Uh, oh man! All right, in a movie, movie. I don't know. I did see this, oh. but for some reason, I I watched the remake in my twenties and liked it. Mm -hmm. And I was 
offended by it. <laughs> but uh, John DeToro, Luis Guzman, James Gandolfini, RIP, uh, John Travolta, and Denzel Washington in the taking of Pelham 123. Pelham 123. Why'd you stop? You're all green ahead. Rail Control Center, do you read me? Who is this? I will trade you for all these passengers. I'm just a civil service employee. Oh, I think you'll do just fine. They want me to take the money down to the tunnel. We didn't know how the day was going to start. I knew exactly how it was going to start. Yeah, but do you know how it's going to end? Pelham 123. <laughs> That's right. They changed it. Just Pelham 123. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Can you I bo- watched this last night. Mm-hmm. I was going to give it a chance. And uh, the original is so much better. It makes me angry. Can you I thought bl- this was awful. Can you like, believe someone handed... not a lot changed. But somebody handed Denzel Washington a script and like, you're playing the Walter Matthau role. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't seem correct. Yeah. He was still too young I 10 mean, years ago. Yeah. and was- Yeah. I like that Denzel's mostly kind of playing like a regular schlub and he does have some more like regular schlubby affectations that you usually don't see him doing. Mm. And it's so weird that like, yeah, there's not a huge change between the remake and the original. Why is the re- why is the original so much better? Mm. And I think it's because it is 70s ugly. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Ugly ass New York 70s. And there's something about that's a little more believable of some a low stakes crime in a 70s movie like it's just taking over a, sub- a subway car mm-hmm. um and it goes from Travolta Travolta's eating some scenery and Travolta too sucks. And I, it looks like he's so in much... his full goatee era <laughs> now and the the painted on head hair <laughs> yes. yes spray hair yeah mm. yeah and just yeah uh, I mean and it's it's Tony Scott uh, who's you know made plenty of good movies but the, there's so much of him like I'm trying to do a stylish thing mm-hmm. and it's like frenetic and it's like dude that's just a train going by I don't feel anything why are you doing that <laughs> it's already fast and he did do that shit a lot in his, his later movies didn't he this fucking oh, yeah. weirdo domino movie it, it, yes yeah needless, did he do Man style. on Fire too yeah. oh I think so yeah I did love it's like, Man here's, on Fire here's a weird film effect to make it scary and it's like it's a subway station i'm not scared yeah. it's, it was it. weird it's, it's, stop it's, it you're not like a post-grad working on his mfa for fuck's sake is it a denzel washington movie yes is it good then it's a tony scott movie mm. uh is it yeah. a, is it a, is it a tony scott movie yes is denzel in it no and it's a bad movie mm. uh that's that's a really good rule of thumb to <laughs> okay, go by with tony to scott uh, but yeah, with a few I, exceptions, the few, True with a, well, yeah, up until like True. up in, in the 2000s, I'm saying. Oh, in the part. 2000s, yeah, yeah, the late, yeah, that's pretty fair. Uh, and 2009, yeah, dude, totally mm. watched the original one, though. For real, so there's, there's something, there's something dude. I love about watching us. Like, how did, how was Walter Matthau this biggest star? <laughs> yes, I'm all grumpy all the time. I'm a grumpy old man. <laughs> Someone just made a subway train disappear on it, like it's. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Give this man an Oscar. Cast him in everything. Uh, yeah, love. And, plus, and it's got Robert Shaw in it, mm-hmm. who's just always the best fucking ever. Right. Come he, on, man. He's one of those actors like, like I'd only seen him like one thing forever, and you have to like work from Jaws backwards and figure mm-hmm. out who Robert Shaw is. Uh, but 2009 television, a lot of boring shit. Uh, <laughs> but we'll start with the Tonys. That okay. should be the least boring. Because uh, mm-hmm. who's hosting this year? We have Neil Patrick Harris. Yay. Is he hosted like a ton? He's a bunch, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I was just going to guess that uh, before I even looked at it. But uh, best play, God of Carnage. You remember. I don't need to tell anybody what that's about. Uh, (laughs) Been made into a movie, so I know what it's about. Best musical, Billy Elliot. uh, Best based on a movie, so I know what it's about. (laughs) Best revival, Hair. You know what that's about? Yep. Has a song called Sodomy. We all love it. 
Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to see. No, no, because I won last week with Tom Holland because of Billy Elliot. So he's he's not in this cast. Uh, Definite shout out to Alice Ripley for best performance in leading actress in a musical for playing me. Uh, The reason why my SEO is not so great is because Next to Normal's main character is named Diana Goodman. Wow, Wow. look at that. Look at that. Uh, And I don't recognize any of these other names, except for best costume design, Tim Hatley for Shrek the Musical. That's a thing that happened. Recognize Angela Lansbury for Blythe Spirit. My bad. God damn it. My bad. Well, also, too, like when I looked at the, um, the... Wikipedia for apparently Brett Michaels was part of the Tony Awards because of Rock Rock of of Ages. Ages. Yeah. Uh, And apparently this was the one where he got really hurt. He got hit by something as he was leaving the stage and like (laughs) had a brain injury from it. That's right. Because that was the one where there was a picture of him in the hospital wearing his do-rag like in a hospital (laughs) bed like unconscious because he's so ashamed of being bald. I mean, Brett Michaels, he finally gets to the Tonys. Yeah. Finally. You know, everywhere he wanted to be as a musician. and then this happens. That's Oof. a rough break. But but other than that, like it's it's a bunch of like you know it, yeah. it, it's a bunch of weirdo cable garbage, mm-hmm. uh, such as Top Chef Masters debuting on Bravo. I mean, I love Top Chef, but not I just, the spinoff that involves like no. professional cooks. No, mm. I don't want to see that. You want to see somebody win a competition? Yes. Okay, an up and comer <laughs> be deemed a good chef, not a right. bunch of established chefs. I already know these established chefs' personalities, and guess what? They're all there to make friends, <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, and well, then you're gonna love raising sex tuplets on WETV. I have no idea what it's about, and the title tells me nothing. Um, But (laughs) but I guess John and Kate plus eight has left a void. Someone had to fill it. Mm. Uh, On the 12th of June, Stanley Cup. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins beat Detroit Red Wings. It would not help those cities. <laughs> no, they look. They need something. Give them this. Yeah. And I, 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 this is the one I meant to look into a little more. Oh, man. But I did not. Uh, best week ever. The finale. I love best week ever. Uh, but is this the Paul? I did too. Is this the PFT I hosted think show? So I think this is the the because it went away for a while. The Talking Head. I don't know what you call of. it. I thought it started with like I right. love the '80s, it just did. like yeah. a bunch it of did. comedians and stars talking about an event. Right. We'll get something funny out, and they did, and they were totally worth watching. And they like, loved it. We'll do this every week about the news events. Mm-hmm. And Paul F. Tompkins was on it. I guess he he shone a little brighter than the other con- the other panelists, and then mm-hmm. it just became like a weirdo talk show. Right. And I only remember he has a stand up well, bit about did, it where like did. they made him wear a girdle. Yeah. <laughs> and I think put a flipper in for his teeth. Did they really? I think so. Oh I know God. that he has a flipper for certain things and it might have been one of these things. But oh, um yeah. but yeah, it wasn't but he didn't have guests. You it did? was just I no, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, I never he, saw that version of the I show. I think it was kind of just like kind of talk soup-ish, basically. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I um, have other people on. I remember seeing Michael Ian Black would be on or Doug Benson would be oh, on. Oh, yes. But not as like a talk show where he's interviewing a guest, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but yeah, it was just, I loved it. I mean, I loved Best Week Ever. Was, I looked forward to it every Friday because that's when it would come on. Because yeah. that's the then best slot for canceled? a television program. <laughs> and of course, I'm a huge PFT fan. I was pretty sad to see this go. And as far as I can tell, on the also on the twelfth, analog signals all over America mm-hmm. are shut the fuck down. If you're younger than I don't know ten, let's say mm-hmm. you have never heard of the abbreviation NTSE. 
as a signal. Mm. You have never heard of that. You hopefully will never need to hear about that again, except when they announce another retro game console. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we are all digital in America and have been for 10 years on this day. I'm surprised to find out, wait, Best Week ever came back in 2013, 2014? Mm-hmm. Oh, it did? Was it still on oh, VH1? I have heard of none of this. Hmm. I mean, what? name another show on VH1. Oh, wait, she can do that. That's where the RuPaul's um, track is. I don't know. Uh, sleazy people fight. Yeah. And also drag yes. race. Where, what about Bruce Hornsby videos? Where am I supposed to see those? Where do they go? Where am I supposed to see the aforementioned take on me? Yeah. But with yeah. annotations. Where do I see yep. programming made for the generation that took acid and now takes an acid? Oh, That's a reference cool. to a real fucking tagline that VH1 had. What sucks is that I've never had acid, but I do take a lot of acid. Yeah, I am and the opposite. <laughs> took a lot of acid. I have no idea what an acid is. <laughs> I so See, I just, I just want to know, like, if Best Week ever is going to try to sneak back because this is our turf now, mm-hmm. and I will fucking fight them. I'm sorry, I don't want right? to punch Paul F. Tompkins because he's amazing, but I'll do it. Yeah, you know he's out there making podcasts too, Diana. You're gonna have to fight him there. A lot of podcasts. <gasps> he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good what? at it too. That's kind of his deal. <laughs> he's pretty good at it. Uh, <laughs> Why haven't I heard of this? I don't know. I don't know. You got to check out this thing called iTunes before they kill it. Mm, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, so upset. On this, uh, but June seventh to thirteenth, we've arrived. Games. There is stuff to talk about. Bomberman Yay. Ultra. Is it the last Bomberman game? I don't know. Tell me in the comments. I didn't look it up. Uh, I think this is funny because I, I haven't really seen this happen since like Mike Tyson's punch out. Uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 10. Uh, mm-hmm. There is no bigger golfer than Tiger Woods to this day, but because of his, I think, solely marital controversies, he was taken off of this game. It's just the PGA no. Tour game now. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine what John Madden could do to uh, yeah. remove, <laughs> so have I his name removed from that. EA's football game. But I like, mean. it was synonymous with EA's the biggest golf game every mm-hmm. year, Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if this is the last time. That's not what I was saying. If you like sports, you might also like Virtua Tennis 2009, a bizarre series that if you had a Dreamcast, it was one of the best multiplayer games you'd ever played. It was so much fun. Wow. Yeah, we like all of us played a ton of it. Everyone you know, Sarah. How? Be- like, I don't know. There was just something you could do doubles and like it had just a just little more. Just using like a controller? Because mm-hmm. I'm just envisioning Wii yeah. Tennis, which is not what this is. No, that is not what this is. Yes. We okay. will get to it's a shitty Wii controls in just a moment. Oh, okay. But yeah, we, we all fell in love with them. Dreamcast, and it's a series that was kind of strong for another 10 years because mm. of how well it was received on Dreamcast. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Rock Band and Guitar Hero, ever the competitors, uh, both, both go portable this week. I think we already talked about mm, Guitar Hero yeah. going portable where it has this really weird it looks like a stress machine mm-hmm. that you hold in one hand you hold the 3ds and what the this that's the ds in one hand and fiddly, fiddly, fiddly. uh but modern hits is out whereas rock band unplugged actually really good and doesn't require any stupid anything but it's on psp so most people never play it and the best title for this situation ah uh, see yes totally <laughs> unplugged but it's it's uh, the harmonics the people who made it made a game a long time ago called frequency and that mm-hmm. was pretty much just that with like Modern hits and Jackson 5 songs. I played every single level 100% in Rock Band Unplugged. It's a perfectly fine puzzle game uh, on your PSP. And I think there's there might be one on Xbox Live or PSN. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I meant to look into this more because I'm going to say something I could be wrong about. Gunstar Heroes. You never do that. Uh, well, I, it's from, from what I remember. Gunstar Heroes for Xbox Live. Gunstar Heroes is a wonderful treasure game that came out exclusively for uh, Sega Genesis. 
And I don't know if it became rare, but like a lot of people didn't find it. It was a first party game. And by the time we're in 2009, people are writing about best, Gen- best Genesis games. They're talking about Gunstar Heroes. Mm-hmm. And like, what the fuck is that? We've never got to play that. And it comes out beautifully on Xbox Live. And I got to play it there for the first time and fall in love with it. Uh, I thought that was really neat. The idea of a game can go fall through the cracks, become a little cult, and then you can discover it years later on a platform perfectly intact. And I think one of the weirdest things that we were following um, and is sort of one of the things I forget about in the demise of LucasArts, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. game gaming wing of Lucasfilm. Uh, remember I said earlier, they made their bones by making games that had nothing to do with Lucasfilm properties at all. They made right. stuff like Maniac Mansion, Day of the Tentacle, Full Throttle, Sam and Max, a bunch of weirdo games that they just originated inside of those offices, didn't rely, let, let other people handle Star Wars games. Towards the end, that's what they used as almost a crutch. Uh, spent, a, spent forever on Force Unleashed, and they made the last Indiana Jones game that doesn't have Legos in it, uh, Indiana Jones mm. and the Staff of Kings. Mm. It was announced for current-gen systems. I don't remember what exactly happened, but it got... It, if I haven't discussed this too many times already, the Wii was outselling everything. So everyone's like, fuck this. Let's make an exclusive Wii game. But you can't make a Wii game that looks like the 360 and PS3 because they're so much more advanced. So they decided to focus on Wii. So they took out the next-gen systems, made like a PS2 and Wii version with motion-controlled whip cracking, which is what we all wanted. Yeah. Please go read one of the I, reviews. The the I can it, see getting sick of that fast. It, it is it is desecrated for its mm-hmm. motion controlled whippery and like they 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 bet <laughs> the farm on that essentially. Wow. Uh, I remember I think I had an, I had an article in a cover of Nintendo Power that has Indiana Jones on it. It was a great time to be alive, even though Crystal Skull was already out. But uh, yeah, that game yeah. like people forget it exists. A new Indiana Jones story post uh, Crystal Skull it exists and. It's who cares? <laughs> uh, very strange. <laughs> but uh, that is about it for 30 2010. We urge you to leave a comment. We will get back to our comment show. We've had a bunch of scheduling snafus that have been difficult to make that possible. Uh, but we're getting back in, in the speed of things. I know uh, I'll, I take all the blame. How about that, Reddit? Go ahead. Go nuts. No. Some of it's my fault. <laughs> no. I, tra- I have no, to no, travel no. a lot. No, no, no. It's me. It's me. It's all me. Just okay. give it to me. Okay. Uh, they want to do it anyway. And uh, but uh, yeah, you can find out more at uh, lasertimepodcast.com. And we are as as always are supported uh, by patreon.com slash lasertime. You will be receiving an exclusive comment show just for you uh, every month, hopefully. In addition to bonus time, a weekly bonus show. We just did an SNL awards uh, episode. Talked about the end of Game of Thrones. Coming up, I have what I think, prove me wrong, the worst mm. date of all time. A story of the worst date of all time. Uh, and, and <laughs> oh, it's, man. And it, it, I could hear this story a million times. It, it's awful. It's the worst. Does it, does it end in jail or the hospital? No, but I did have to. pretty close. I did have to legally oh, okay. wait to post it. <laughs> like, it oh, uh, nice. It, okay. Interesting. No, whatever. Uh, let's just tease it. Patreon.com slash laser time. Over 100 movie commentaries. We want to start doing more movie commentaries again for you guys. Hopefully, yeah. maybe with uh, one of the movies that we talked about, maybe. Who knows? We'll, we let the community vote for that at patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, vote for Roadhouse. Vote for, I, please, a vote for Roadhouse is vote for me. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, in addition to that, a bunch of other stuff. Get a shout out on Video Game Apocalypse. Shout out here. We do appreciate it. Again, for the, the small, small cost of $5 is what we recommend. No more, no less. Uh it would really, really help out the show. And uh, especially especially as sponsors are getting weirder, this is a more competitive circuit. Like, I'd, 
if you know if we don't have the support from people, I'm not sure how long we can continue doing this. But we've been able to do this for four years running, thanks to you guys. So we do truly appreciate appreciate all the supporters of the Laser Time Patreon. Um, Di, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at lessinanerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or uh, teasing what's coming up on uh, at 302010 podcast. Oh, boy. Next couple of weeks, we got us some blockbusters, my friend. Mm. Yeah. I cannot oh, wait. yeah. I cannot wait. I'm looking at a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not teasing anything. <laughs> uh, but who died this week, Dime? Well, continuing the theme of Star Trek, unfortunately, our one death is in 1999. We lost our first big cast member from the original series. DeForest Kelly died. Mm. He was 79. That was only Pause 10 years ago? Pause for joke. What? He's dead, Jim. Oh, oh, that's right. Sorry, it's not Scotty. <laughs> no, it's Bones. Bones it's, was the first I go. It is Bones. Fuck you, stomach cancer. Damn, I guess that, Ooh, like this that's a rough at seventy nine. I think William Shatner's like ten years, twenty years older than that. He's like in his nineties or some shit like that. No, uh, he's, I think what? he's in his eighties now. I thought he was in his, his late eighties, early nineties or some shit. William Shatner's way older vital. than you think he is. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, he should be way more doddering, and is not, and that's why. He'll take us out of this episode, I believe. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but now it's time for, of course, the birthday quiz. Oh, birthday is a doodle. All right. Uh, this one is going to end up sounding like an episode of The Dollop, where I'm going to tell you a historical story. Born June 7th, 1959. Happy 60th birthday to this guy born in Columbus, Indiana. He went to Hanover University, where he was a classmate of Woody Harrelson. I want to say Matthew Odd. McConaughey, but they're just in a lot of stuff together. It has to be wrong. <laughs> Odd mm. little factoid. Uh, he ran unsuccessfully for Congress twice and used campaign donations to pay his mortgage and credit card bills, which is technically not illegal, but is gross. Wait, I want to do that. <laughs> um, eventually did become governor in uh, 2013, and even though his state was running a $2 billion surplus, he slashed spending on education and social services. It's so hard to tell. I'm guessing he's a Republican. So many of them. Uh, he hired the NRA to train the Indiana National Guard instead of the other way around. He defunded clinics <laughs> during an HIV outbreak. He approved abortion bans that were ruled unconstitutional. He ignored a lead contamination crisis, and he supports gay conversion therapy. Governor. Oh, Pence. It is. It's Mikey Mike Pence. Pence. Mike Pence. Did you know, while he was governor, he used an AOL email account to do public business, and it was hacked. <laughs> but his emails! <laughs> God dang. Uh, yep. Yeah, it was probably like on the pence at AOL.com. <laughs> no, not that clever. Uh, yeah, Ficket Pences. Oh. Something like that, no? Ooh, no? that's good. You know, well, I mean, he loves religious protection laws, you know, mm -hmm. so you can't discriminate against my religious beliefs. And it is my, entirely my religion to agree with George Will that he is America's most repulsive public figure. <laughs> really? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mike Pence. Also, Dear his God. wife invented some sort of bullshit thing. It's like a charm that you hook onto your pool towel so that everybody knows whose towel is whose. <laughs> 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 because it's so hard to figure out. And we yeah. all have pools. For real. Just grab a Costco towel and get the fuck in there. Oh, pool house. <sighs> I, I, hope yeah. I hope your daughter gets impregnated in one of those Miss Pence uh, pool house. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> That's where it always happens. <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming for rich people. He's uh, uh, literally the only reason I don't want impeachment. <laughs> <laughs> he's a terrible, terrible person. He carries water for the Koch brothers, and he has betrayed everything he holds dear to uh, kiss what? the ass of a terrible monster. Yeah, for what? It's not. It can't be that big a paycheck. Go back to radio. It, it takes a lot to be the worst vice president. <laughs> we should all feel very lucky. 
Yeah. Well, you know, if Diana's politics weren't enough, she was going to torture you at the end of the show with Then the Morning Comes by Smash Mouth. <laughs> oh, I should say the show is executive produced by Riss Chantista. I'm not sure how they changed their name to that, what? but they are very much a supporter <laughs> of the LazerTime Patreon, patreon.com slash LazerTime. Uh, but I wanted, I wanted to opt, because I think we closed out like the fifth podcast I ever did with this remix from a YouTube account called Fallen Your Sword, Shatner on the Mount, and it is a remix of William Shatner talking about Star Trek V. <laughs> it is a fucking earworm. It is amazing. It is good. It is a really good song. And he's wearing the best outfit. Yes, yes. You should really look that up, uh, or maybe we'll put it under the page. Who knows? On LazerTimePodcast.com. Uh, tell a friend about the show. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. We look forward to making more shows for you. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? To hug the mountain. To envelop that mountain with hug the mountain. To envelop that mountain with hug the mountain. That mountain, that mountain. He wants to make love to the mountain. Tough young guys, sinewy bodies in there. Fingers and teeny toes challenge the rock, challenging death. Why do I climb the mountain? Because I'm in love.